game day is here and I have one hand gesture and one phrase. Let's get it. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. I'll be talking about game time in just a little bit. But, uh, Jimmy, my introduction, my intro could have been better if I had timed uh, better the end of my intro and the beginning of the video. But I forgot that I didn't have it scrolled all the way down. So, sorry, y'all. I thought that was going to be great. It wasn't. Okay, let's talk some predictions for Alabama against Middle Tennessee State. Jimmy, I'm going to start us off. And I, you may, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to start us off, make a prediction. You comment on my prediction. Then you make a prediction. We'll go back and forth. We'll be conversational. All right. right. Let's have a conversation. You shoot. You start this conversation. I I would like to talk about Alabama, Middle Tennessee State today. I hope we have the same conversation. Because if you want to talk about your favorite sitcom, well, that's fine. Go right ahead. Yeah, locked on Seinfeld. Um, Okay, Jimmy. I'm predicting Jalen Milrow goes for 210 yards passing, two touchdowns passing, 80 yards rushing, and a touchdown along with an interception. Now, on the surface, those numbers are rather pedestrian compared to Bryce Young, Mac Jones, Tua, even Hurts. But I think we're going to be impressed enough to where he's going to win – any doubters over this weekend? Your thoughts? Uh, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I would point out uh, last season against a similar opponent, and I'm saying Utah State, similar to Middle Tennessee State. I mean, we can nitpick, but I just think they're sort of in the ballpark. Bryce threw for 195 and five touchdowns. I mean, the 195, I think Milrow can hit that. The five touchdowns, that's a lot in, 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 a, in a single game. Uh, so I don't know that I want to hold Milrow to that, but the 195, and I think you said 210, that, that sounds about right to me. Uh, Bryce rushed for 100 yards against Utah State last year. I think it was a career high. Uh, that was a lot for him. I think Milrow could get close to 100, depending on how often he takes off. I think Middle Tennessee's going to have a really tough time catching him or getting him to the ground. Uh, I like the one interception. I, I think the idea that Milrow is going to play perfectly clean game is unlikely this is his second start people have to remember this is start number two in his whole career I I don't think it'll be perfectly clean so I like the interception I'll even go an interception and a fumble just to get people riled up Mm -hmm. but I also think but I also think throwing for 200 and rushing for 100 is pretty spectacular it's it's what's what Bryce did a year ago and uh, you know Bryce was pretty good all right let me say this about what you just said. If he does have an interception and a fumble, all of a sudden the stat line looks a lot worse. I mean, that one fumble seems to change everything because I'm telling you, people will hang on to that for dear life. Yeah, they will. They will. And and it, it's going to, A, A, they're 50% correct that it's got to, to end or it's got to slow down or be reduced. And 50%, it's just going to be overkill because if – 
I think if Ty Simpson or Tyler Buckner went out there and put up the same exact numbers, you know, 200 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, and two turnovers, people would be like, wow, 300 yards of offense, you know. But with Milrow, it'll be, oh, two turnovers. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think I think once you create a narrative, people cling to it and, and, and sort of disregard all other things. Uh, but – I also think he's a young player, and I, I'm going to believe this about him because I've just seen so much football. Uh, I think the turnovers are a product of his youth and not something that we're going to be talking about out in 2025 with Milrow as a quarterback here or elsewhere, and, and all we're talking about is the turnovers. I just think he's a young quarterback, and young quarterbacks turn over the football. I want to get to your prediction right after this, but I, what I just thought about was how interesting it is how your first start can sort of define your career, especially in college. In the pros, I mean, you may play 15 years, so nobody remembers where you started. But in college, I mean, you may only be a starter for, you know, one, two, three years, whatever. But you go back to last year or two years ago when Bryce Young started against Miami and, you know, he scored, Mechie scored early. He had the long pass to uh, Jameson Williams. And we were like, this kid can do no wrong. And, I mean, honestly, he kind of didn't do any wrong. But or you go back to Tua, which it wasn't a start, but he essentially started the second half of that Georgia National Championship game. And he was so good and, and obviously had the big pass at the end. That defined his career. I mean, like Tua had some, some not bad games, but like less than spectacular games mixed in there and then some less than spectacular moments mixed in there. But nobody's ever going to remember those. Meanwhile, Milrow started against Texas A&M. And while he had he accounted for three touchdowns, he um, he those turnovers seem to be all people want to cling to. And I just find that interesting. All right, Jimmy, what's your first prediction? Uh, my first prediction in terms of how, uh, uh, not, not the score prediction. You mean like a stat? Anything, prediction? anything. Okay, any – okay, uh, I think – Combine, how about this? Uh, 250 rushing yards. I think the team will combine for 250 rushing yards as a product of uh, the quarterbacks and the backs together, uh, accounting for any sack yardage. But uh, I think it's going to be 250. And I'm being a little conservative. I, I almost I almost went with – I know this sounds crazy. I almost went with 350. Boy, you really I, are conservative. I dropped at 100 yards, and this is why. I mean, my initial thought was, okay, 500 yards of offense, 350 rushing, and 150 passing. But, you know, I I, I don't think Coach Saban looks at it this way, guys. I, but I can't help but think to some extent he might. What Alabama needs to work on for Texas is a little balance. I think they know they can run the ball. I think they've been working on it, and they're good at it. I don't think they want to show Texas – hey, this is our new ground game, and this is what we do in the ground game. I, I think it's going to be the game plan is going to be a little vanilla, but it's also going to be a little 2022. They don't want to show Texas too much, and they can get away with it against Middle Tennessee. So basically what I'm saying, Luke, is I backed off the 350 because I think Alabama is going to make a concerted effort to throw the ball against Middle Tennessee, and it'll look a little like last year partly because it's what they want to work on because that's what Jalen needs the work. Jalen needs the work becoming a more consistent, better passer. So they're going to do that against Middle Tennessee and run it a little less. Right. Uh, but it's really just working on things. So I'm going to go 250 yards rushing and uh, 
and and 200 yards passing. Ooh, okay. I think those are low. And I'll, here's the thing. Um, I, I think you make a great point. But, you know, one thing to think about with Middle Tennessee State, they play a very aggressive defense, apparently. They are very they're gamble prone. That's they why they end up with a lot of turnovers. That their right. defense is like accounted for as many turnovers as anybody in the last two years. So I, that's one of the reasons I think that Milrow will have an interception. That's one of the reasons why I think that uh, Milrow will have 210 yards passing because somebody's going to break loose when somebody gambles. That's what I think. Now, I, we won't spend a lot of time on this. We need to get to a break. But I was also going to say I think Jam Miller leads the team in rushing. Oh, I like it. I like it. I want to I wanna agree. I want to agree. I'm, well, I'm you can. To- just do it. Uh, but I'm not. I think logically, logically, I'm go logically, Jam Miller. I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, a little bit of an outlier picker. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion it'll be Roydell Williams, and not because it's a statement, not because hey, Roydell's going to lead the team in rushing in 2023. I think it'll be Jam Miller. Uh, I, and logically, in my mind, Jam Miller's the best running back on this team, in my opinion, with the ball in his hands. It's Jam. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just senior night. Maybe it's – I don't know. I just think this might be the Roydell Williams game. Okay, fair enough. All right, I need to tell everybody about game time now. I don't know why I say it like that. I just think it sounds pretty cool. Um, but the game time app, it's going to help you guys so much. You will love the game time app. Uh, go to gametime.co. You want to check them out from your computer screen too. Buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful. It should be fun. You should be excited about it. Game time is the fast, easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals all the time uh, at game time, you will absolutely love this. I'm I'm telling you, it's uh, something that you will love having on your phone. An easy app. Go download the app. Flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. I mean, just super stuff. I'm going to pull up the app right now because I want people to see what I'm talking about. Look right here. Uh, There it is. Look right there. That app is so easy. I mean, you can get into uh, the UAB game for 16 bucks if you want to. You can get into the Auburn game. One dollar. I'm not teasing. There it is. One American dollar will get you to see. Auburn taking on UMass. Go check out the Game Time app, and you will not regret it. I'm telling you, I'm going to be using it a lot this year. Uh, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Jimmy, I, as a change of pace, I had to mute you because there was something in your background that was screeching up the place. Um, I don't know what it right. was. I know. What, I didn't you, hear any. I didn't hear any screeching. Around around. Place. Yeah, I'm making sure who. What could be screeching around here? Um, Probably okay. me because I'm so excited. The football's here. Good Lord. How about this? How about more predictions? How about this one? Is everybody ready to be excited? Set your faces to stunned, because here comes a prediction you're going to love. An Alabama tight end scores a touchdown. Boom. 
<laughs> like it. Do not disagree whatsoever. Uh, said it all off season or said it particularly a lot recently. I want to reiterate it again because I think it'll be a little bit of a surprise for Alabama fans because they haven't seen it a lot. But I think I, I would, I want to even go so far as to say Amari Knobloch will lead the team in touchdown receptions. I want to say that. I, I just hate going all crazy on y'all and saying crazy stuff. But I want to say Amari Knobloch leads the whole team in touchdown receptions. I think throwing to the tight end in the red zone is going to be a thing with this team. I also think two tight end sets last summer we talked about, and we were correct. The introduction of the nickel rabbit was a huge story on defense last year. That means playing with two outside linebackers as the rush ends, even in nickel. That's not something Alabama had done under Saban, except for with one exception in 2016. This year, in terms of shocking y'all with schematic stuff that's new, I'm going to say this. I, I think, Almost the primary personnel on offense in terms of what we do most of the time, Luke, two tight ends, 12 personnel. Let's go one running back, two tight ends. I, I think it's going to be, if not the majority, awfully close to it. A, a lot of it. Alabama has been primarily 11 personnel for a long time. That's one back, one tight end, three wides. I think this year we're going to see a lot of 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, two receivers. All right, that's a good prediction. Now I'm going to run down these four because then we got to do our score predictions. And in the next segment, we're going to talk about other SEC games. Um, I'm going to run down four quick predictions for you. Justice Haynes scores a touchdown. Love it. Caleb Downs has a pick. Love it. Ty Simpson is the second QB in, not Tyler Buckner. I won't be shot. I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised. And the defense I'm flip there. The defense records three sacks with two forced turnovers. Whoa, two forced turnovers. I do think an emphasis, there will be a huge emphasis on creating turnovers. It was the biggest problem last year. I, I considered it. I know people wanted to blame, oh, well, it's the coordinator. It's this. You know, Alabama's really good at forcing turnovers just the year before. So it's not something they were doing schematically or something they're teaching. I think, frankly, it was just bad luck. I, I, I know that sounds like you're not supposed to talk about luck in football, but luck is a thing in football. And I do think there will be a huge emphasis and that luck is going to pay off. If you were really low on turnovers, your turnover luck the year before, you're going to be really high on it the next year. So I'm with Luke. I think there'll be turnovers. Uh, one thing I'll disagree with on one prediction, it's just because of the way I think Miss, Miss uh, I'm almost called a Mississippi state, middle Tennessee state is going to play Alabama. I think there's going to be a lot of short, quick passes. The quarterback will take no more than – it'll be a lot of shotgun, one-step, ball out. Uh, shotgun, three steps, ball out, and that's that's when they're taking chances. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of short, quick passes. That's going to create a, a lot of time of possession for them. They'll probably keep the ball and uh, for quite a while and dinking and dunking it and for about two or three first downs, and then they punt. Uh, but I think it's going to really make it difficult for us to, 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 to you know, accumulate a lot of sacks – but how about this for a turnover, uh, getting super specific about a prediction? On one of those little quick passes to the slot receiver, Alabama veteran star nickel corner Malachi Moore is going to uh, strip one of those. Not intercept it, strip Receiver is going to catch it. Malachi is going to strip it. And uh, let's just say uh, Deontay Lawson recovers it. That's, that's a pretty specific prediction. Is that going to happen with 11.48 left to go in the third? I mean, <laughs> could you get any more specific? <laughs> What commercial yes. put on during the TV timeout? Yes. 
Um, first quarter, first quarter, first quarter, first turnover of the season. And uh, the Tide then capitalizes on, uh, we'll go with Luke's prediction, on a uh, red zone throw from Milrow to Amari Nablak. Touchdown. Okay. I like, I like your touchdown battle cry. Okay. Score prediction, Jimmy. What you got? I have Alabama winning 48 to 7. Uh, and I'm a little nervous about I'm, I'm nervous about it in the sense that, look, this team beat Miami and, and Kevin Steele. We don't talk about that enough. I mean, Kevin Steele was a defensive coordinator for the Miami Hurricanes last year who lost to Middle Tennessee. And not only did they lose to Middle Tennessee, they gave up like, I think Middle Tennessee scored in the 40s. And on, on offense, they scored in the high 30s because there was a couple of defensive scores in there. But they had 501 yards of offense against Kevin Steele. And now here's Kevin Steele and his Alabama defensive coordinator debut or his second debut as defensive coordinator at Alabama. It's kind of a revenge game for him, right? So uh, I, I, I have more confidence in Kevin Steele coaching Alabama's guys than Miami's guys. But I don't know, Luke. I'm going 48-7. By the way, that, that, that has Alabama covering barely, but it has Alabama covering the spread. And uh, I, I'm – I'm hesitant because just simply there's so much new, new defensive coordinator, new offense coordinator, new quarterback, uh, new lowered expectations, to be honest. So, <laughs> yeah, 48-7, Alabama, what you got? I'm going to go 45-14. And while I think your note on Kevin Steele being the D.C. at Miami last year is duly noted, I would also say this. I think Miami and Alabama have such a stark cultural difference in terms of football that, you know, it, it's that is going to matter. Um, my, that Miami team just couldn't get it together. The Miami and Texas A&M playing each other is so ironic this year and last year because they they are so similar. Tons of talent, no cohesion. Um, they can put it together and beat a lot of teams, but they can also stink it up because they don't really have the, the right kind of culture, it seems like. So um, I, I, I think Kevin Steele in Alabama is a much better fit. I mean, aggressive. And now he's got some and, – and while Miami has talent, he's got more dudes. And let's also be fair, Alabama's going to have a heck of a better home field advantage than Miami ever does. Miami had that long winning streak way back when. I appreciate it. I know it. It's awesome. This ain't that Miami, and they don't play in the Orange Bowl anymore. So I think that uh, Kevin Steele is going to have a lot more fun with this group of uh, dudes he has versus the dudes he had down there. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break. We'll come back and talk about predictions around the SEC. And we're back. Jimmy, so we've got Alabama, Middle Tennessee. Uh, let's, we're going to talk about SEC games now tonight. Uh, as you're watching this probably, is Florida and Utah. The line has gone down to four and a half. It doesn't look like Cam Rising is going to play. I'm going to be honest, Jimmy, I don't see how in the world Florida wins this game. We, let's not go into it too deeply, but I, I don't see how Florida wins. I just I don't have any faith in this crew right now. I'm pulling for Florida. Me too. I like, I like the idea of SEC athletes, overwhelming Pac-12 athletes. I want to believe that. That the SEC is just we just even a, a lower level SEC team like Florida is right now overwhelming Utah who could win the Pac-12. This is a team that could win the Pac-12 and even make the playoff. Although I think they're they're kind of a long shot for that, but they could. And, and then Florida gets this luck, right? Cam Rising's not playing. 
for Utah. I mean, and, and their backup is not someone that they brag about. I mean, Florida's getting a big break here. So I want to pick Florida so bad. But in the end, I'm just going to settle on what I always say, Luke. I'm picking the team that's got the most dudes. Somehow, some way, Utah has more dudes than Florida. And that's what's on Billy Napier to get fixed at Florida because it's absurd to be saying that. Uh, but it is true. Utah has more good football players than Florida does. And Utah will win at home. Uh, I hope that's wrong. Yeah, I think the home field advantage is going to end the revenge factor. Um, all right, instead of going through some of these stinky Bodinky games, I'm just going to ask you if any of them are closer than you think they should be. Uh, forget UT Martin, Georgia, New Mexico, Texas A&M. Could that potentially have any closeness? No, no, okay. no. And, and you know what I like about A&M this year? I, I, can see, I can see this quickly on A&M. A&M much improved on offense. The reason is Connor Wigman. The person that will get all of the credit is Bobby Petrino. That's true. Uh, Alabama A&M and Vandy. Can, Vandy's going to go 2-0, aren't they? Vandy 2-0. Mississippi State, Southeast Louisiana. I mean, state, right? Not close. Southeast Louisiana doesn't have enough people. Uh, will Rogers alone wins that game. Massachusetts, Aubs. I, you know, I, I know the Alabama fans <laughs> – uh, I see Auburn struggling most weeks, but I also see Auburn finding a way to win most weeks. Uh, I think Auburn's going to win this game, and, and they'll win it handily. Uh, Peyton Thorne is a steady – Peyton Thorne's the best quarterback they've had since Bo Nix. Yeah. Um, Mercer, Ole Miss, Western Carolina, Arkansas, Ball State, Kentucky, any – any, and, all, and tonight, Missouri, South Dakota, anything interesting? All blowouts there, all blowouts. Why do people, when the SEC plays these FCS teams in week one, nobody says anything. Alabama plays an FCS team in November, and you think the world's ending and that Alabama's <laughs> cheating the system. It's so stupid. Uh, Virginia and Tennessee, and Tennessee's a 28-point yes. favorite. It's in Nashville, and Virginia's leading pass rusher is out. I mean, this is a – I mean, no low contingent. It's it's going to be a blowout, and I think it's going to be a great – you remember uh, last year, and, and I'm going to be making this, this comparison a lot this year, Luke. You remember last year in the opener, Florida-Utah, Florida wins. Big story, Anthony Richardson. You know, And it was probably Anthony Richardson's best game of the whole year for him. I don't know that he ever played that well again in any game. Ends up being the fourth pick in the draft. I, I think Joe Milton is on that Anthony Richardson train. I think a big game for Milton on Saturday. He looks great. Tennessee wins big. Not so sure he will perform week to week as good as he'll look Saturday, but he could be a very high draft pick. That arm's for real. He may throw a pass in Nashville Saturday, Luke, and it lands in Birmingham. Um, okay, so then we get to the games that are going to actually be kind of fun. North Carolina, South Kakalaki, that's exactly where game day will be. Uh, our buddy Reese Davis will be there. I think South Carolina wins. I do too. Uh, I like – it's a bit of an upset. I don't even really know why it's an upset because in my mind – and this could be really wrong. And I love Drake May. Love Drake May. We'll be – look forward to watching him all year, evaluating him as, as where he should land in the draft. Love Drake May. South Carolina has more good players than North Carolina to me. I mean, maybe the recruiting rankings don't say that, but I, I just say it looking at them and looking at their lineup and uh, watch for freshman sensation wide receiver Nick Harbour. Oof, love that guy. Playing wide receiver, I wanted Alabama to sign him to rush the passer. I wanted him as a pass rusher. Uh, he's going to be a wide receiver at South Carolina, but he'll be fun. 
South Carolina wins this game because they have better a better team. And as good as Drake May is, I don't know how he got this far in his career and he's underrated, but Spencer Rattler is flat out underrated. That's a really good college quarterback. Well, he, he he's run the gamut. He went from yes. overrated to underrated. I mean, he, you know. So. That's exactly then, what's happened. LSU, the, Florida, LSU, Florida he State. The, he made the route. He did. <laughs> LSU, Florida State. LSU wins, but it is going to be tight. I'm going to pick Florida State, Jimmy. You hope Florida State wins? No. I don't uh, know. I, somebody, look, in the comments, in the comments, people, in the YouTube comments, a lot of comments have come in recently. In the comments, who should I root for? I mean, I want to root for LSU because I'm an SEC guy. The only SEC team I don't root for is Auburn. I root for Tennessee when they're not playing Bama. I do. I root for everybody except Auburn. This is just because I grew up close to Auburn. But um, there's something about this that, like, I don't want LSU to win. I don't know why. And, and should I change my mind? I'm, I'm open to changing my mind. I think it's better for the SEC, obviously, if LSU wins. But um, there's just something about this that makes me think it's better for Bama if Florida State wins. Uh, I can see it both ways. I think LSU getting a loss or two before they ever play Alabama might benefit Alabama to have them sort of out of the race before the Alabama-LSU game happens. So I can see it benefiting Alabama. Another way it benefits Alabama potentially is, hey, this might be a year we want two teams from the SEC in the playoff. That only happens if the SEC as a conference has a monster year. This is as big of a game as the SEC will play all year and out of conference. This is one of them playing a top 10 team. Alabama gets that mantle next week. But uh, for that reason, I can see LSU winning benefiting Alabama down the road. So I'm not sure. I'm just going to pick it like I see it and uh, – LSU, slightly more dudes. And how about this? This might be a little upset for some people. I, I like Jaden Daniels more than Jordan Travis, barely. So well, I think LSU wins barely. Let me say this. Here's the other thing, and, and I may have talked myself into just pulling for LSU. If, if the SEC goes undefeated the rest of the weekend but loses the Florida State game, you know what people are going to say? The SEC is down. He's over it. That, that's so true. This is this – is, who cares? I mean, North Carolina, South Carolina. Eh, I mean, North Carolina's like the third or fourth best team in the ACC. South Carolina's like ninth or tenth. People are going to say that in the Pac-12 SEC matchup. Utah might be the best team in the Pac-12. Florida might be twelfth in the SEC. That's not. A, you can't come if Utah versus Alabama. That's Pac-12 versus SEC. Utah, uh, USC versus Alabama, but not Utah versus the twelfth team in the SEC. It's got to be a like matchup. LSU versus Florida State is like enough of a matchup to be a real gauge uh, for the SEC there. And I'm with I'm with you, Luke. If LSU loses, uh, Danny Cannell is going to be, I would say, impossible to listen to, but uh, uh, to be honest, I don't listen to him anyway. So it kind of works out. Uh, mm -hmm. All right. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll be back very soon with another podcast. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.